0: Before we start this podcast today, Bitchfest would just like to acknowledge the traditional custodians on the land on which we are recording today, the Ngunnawal people, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.
1: Bitches, we back, we back for number two. This episode is gonna be a little bit more relaxed than the last one. We will be talking about season three of Sex Education
0: because we think this is what we need to be talking about right now. Just dropped last week, I think. I think because it was so highly anticipated because the last season came out at the start of last year. This was like, okay, here we go, season three. The reason I think I wanted to talk about it is because it seems like everybody in my life is either watching it or has watched it. And I've also found that it's all genders are watching it as well. It's not just something that just girls are watching and I can only talk to the girls in my life about. Actually, most of the people that I've talked to about it have been boys, which is funny. Well, that's good.
2: I was just going to say that my mum watches it and it's her favourite show at the moment. So I think it is reaching older audiences as well. And she loves it and just thinks that she wishes that she had a show like that when she was growing up. I wish we had a show like
1: that. Honestly, it's iconic. So basically, we are going to talk about season three of Sex Education, what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it what worked for us, what didn't work for us, how we think it relates back to our own lives, both now and when we were back in high school.
0: Yeah, cool. And also, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the whole season. So if you haven't watched it, maybe listen to this after you've finished it. For anyone who hasn't watched Sex Education and doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about,
1: it is a Netflix original series and it was created by Laurie Nunn, who funnily enough went to BCA.
0: So oh, really.
1: Yeah. I yeah. I didn't that's... know
0: that. So they're Australian. She's Australian or
1: she's half Australian, half British, I believe. I could be yeah. wrong, but she grew up in Australia. But I think she's got British heritage or British family. It shows in the in the show's appeal to an Australian audience as well as the humour as well. I always find that British and Aussie humour align very well. And I feel like had this been set in America, I don't know how
2: Mm -hmm. connected
1: I would have felt to it. I think that, first of all, just is a huge leg up on the show's success, especially in Australia.
0: Um, I also think that Americans in general are a lot more conservative when it comes to these sort of topics, You know how, um, like, American censorship and what they can show on TV and stuff is a bit more restrictive and it's a bit more dependent on what state you're in in terms of what sort of sex education you're going to get. Not that that's not the same in the UK and Australia, but I think it's a bit more extreme Mm. in the US. There's a lot less shows that are as sort of socially progressive as this is.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we've just... Seeing the new law come out of Texas Mm -hmm. re abortions which obviously is horrific but you know there's I think the the divide between ideologies in America is a lot more extreme and it would have been yeah I think you're right I think it would have probably been a, a lot more difficult to put something like this out, particularly with the the silly crude humour, aka sucking suck suck on my titties. Sucking suck 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 on, on my titties like you
0: wanted me, calling me all the time. Like Blondie, check out my Chrissy behind, it's fine all of the time. That's like it. Sex on the beaches, what else is in the teachers of beaches? Huh? What did
2: you think overall, Amy? I loved it. And the character development I loved so much. I loved that they swapped our favorite top characters kind of down to the bottom, brought in new characters, shifted them around. It was interesting and it it gave them the ability to explore different topics and different personal issues by doing that as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, I liked I like that they brought in more about Ruby. Just didn't I get know. her an Otis.
1: I did. Oh, God, perhaps it was just between the actors, but I felt like there was a lot more chemistry in their relationship for me than there was with Maeve and Otis towards the end, you know. I don't know. I could sense the sexual tension there, whereas I found it really hard to find that between Otis and Maeve, and perhaps it's because their relationship wasn't really explored the whole season and then there was this little, like, hello thing at the end. Yeah. But I don't know. I think the perks. I I think there was a bit more more playfulness.
0: Look, I was glad that there was different characters this season and that other people were explored a bit more because I just don't care that much about Otis. I know we're going to talk later about what we didn't like, but I just don't
1: care. I'm sorry. You not care about him because you're not attracted to him.
0: No, I just don't care about his problems. (laughs) <laughs> just yeah don't care I you know what
1: I do <laughs> that's just for Otis I think I think Otis is a good man I feel like he's a bit of a voice of reason you know I actually don't think that his problems are anywhere near as significant as anyone else's throughout mm-hmm. the whole series but I think he's there to be that voice of reason you know that educational tool.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. as well with Otis, the thing that I get from him is that he's a teenager. He's reacting like a teenager, all the kind of tantrums he's throwing and stuff. Whereas all the other characters um, have more clarity and are more mature. But that's not what a teenager is. I wouldn't. I didn't have that clarity at that age.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. My favourite thing about Otis actually is his friendship with Eric that's the main thing that I like and I like how they're there for each other and he's very like non-judgmental about everything that Eric does and vice versa so I find that interesting to watch what did you guys think about Adam love love
2: it at the beginning it was hard because I felt really sorry for him and then remembered that he was a bully but I love his development and I it kind of made me turn on. Eric?
0: I found it difficult because I could see both sides where Adam was you know towards the end super heartbroken about what Eric had done but then Eric was sort of at this place of well you know I'm already really comfortable with my sexuality I know who I am I'm not going to wait around for you to figure it out which is totally fair. So they just mm.
1: break up. I really liked their relationship because it also allowed Adam to get closer with Raheem. I liked the dynamic of, like, the exploration of their relationship because it felt very real and I didn't find I was taking sides because I could see each other's points of view, you know, and I just, I, I really appreciated it. But I've read that there's a lot of people who kind of, weren't or the public I guess gay community who weren't too happy about turning Adam who was once a bully of Eric into his lover in the sense of it's like a real classic trope of Mm. people who bully gay people and like I guess not holding them accountable and I'm I'm excited to see where Adam and Raheem go next season because I have a feeling that's going to become a thing
0: oh what really 100% you don't uh, see not, that? I'm not that big on Raheem.
1: Yeah, but you, But see what they did last season where they brought, I mean, this season where they brought all those characters who you didn't think were going to actually have major roles and gave them kind of really major parts this season. I reckon that's going to happen with Raheem. And I, I hope that happens with Raheem. And I really, really hope that also happens with Isaac because that's the one thing that I didn't enjoy about this season was how limited Isaac's character was to his affection for Maeve and we didn't really get to see too much else of his life. Yeah. Um, So if that doesn't get explored next season, I will be very, very angry.
0: But I have a feeling it will, surely. I didn't really like as well how she sort of had this connection with Isaac And then because bloody Otis was keen on her during the trip to France, all of a sudden she breaks up with Isaac. I just thought that was a bit weird and it didn't really, as you say, explore Isaac's character much. And when they sort of started getting together, because I was very much an outlier at the end of last season when all that stuff happened with Isaac deleting the voice message and stuff, I was like, I'm on team Isaac, I don't care about Otis. As I've already said, mm. don't care about Otis. That's just you. you you've, had, you've had it out for Otis since day one. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I don't like Otis. On, really, you've always talked so much shit on him and I'm always like, give him a chance, please.
0: <laughs> give Isaac a chance.
1: Oh, 100%. I reckon Isaac and Maeve in my ideal world end up together. And I think Otis and Ruby, I reckon Ruby could totally turn a new leaf and next year come out of her
0: shell
2: even But that more. wasn't
0: the problem. He just didn't like Ruby.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I was devastated. I shed a little tear when Otis dumped Ruby. I was so sad. <laughs> it
0: was so sad when she was like, I haven't introduced anyone to my dad before, blah, blah, blah. And then the dad was saying that Ruby speaks about you all the time. Bloody Otis, just sitting there.
2: But also realistic, I think I shed a tear because I related to Ruby. I related to being, opening up my heart, my fragile little heart (laughs) and putting that wall down and then getting heartbroken yeah, 100%. And
1: also I feel like, you know, for people who like do have a romantic partner who they do introduce to their, you know, dysfunctional family for the first time, their imperfectly perfect family, it is a big deal. I totally relate with Ruby in that sense. And it can definitely make you feel like this rush to like let down your walls <laughs> something a lot quicker than you ever usually would because you haven't experienced that before. And so, yeah, I think that was really
0: realistic. I think the thing that I didn't like about Otis and Maeve in this season and in last season compared to her and Isaac is that Isaac was a lot more understanding and could relate a lot more to her family situation and what she was going through, whereas Otis was sort of worried about his mum catching him masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Maeve's trying to figure out if her mum's still doing heroin. And it's like, yeah, Otis, keep up, babe. Like,
1: I kind of understand where Maeve is coming from in the sense of, like, do you want to be with someone you've bonded with off both of your trauma and your heartbreak and your tragedy or do you want to be with someone that you've bonded with based off both of your shared visions for what you actually want to do with the world
2: wow
0: big questions what were you going to say Amy
2: I was going to say the scene where Otis and Isaac turn up and Maeve is with her sister and her sister's foster mum that killed me the way that Otis acted, he didn't even care. And that to me was unrealistic. I think that if he was actually in love with her, he would have cared more about that situation and put her sister first. Like, it didn't make sense to me. But that scene made me just turn on Otis really quickly.
1: His character is
2: like a voice of reason in this,
1: like, childish teenage body, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I I, I feel like they really like to emulate the fact that he thinks with his dick first at the end of the day and he's gonna fuck up. I think that's a pretty realistic trope for a teenage boy, especially if they don't understand the seriousness of what's actually going on, you know? Yeah,
0: but that's why I was like, why does Maeve like him? They share
1: the same vision for the world. They both want to go out and make changes and teach people about sex and,
0: you know, change the world. I have to disagree. I think she is an adult. She's been forced into sort of growing up quickly and understands what real life and real struggle is. And she's getting into her scholarship or whatever to go to the US and become even smarter than she already is. Meanwhile, Otis is just grappling with these very small issues and I just don't think he's on the same emotional maturity level as Maeve. When Maeve got with Isaac, I was like, okay, two adults getting together. Mm -hmm. With Maeve and Otis, Maeve seems like 19 and Otis seems 14.
2: Yeah, that's how it is. That's how it maybe is. that's a it's maybe that's
0: life. a good projection of how girls go through puberty earlier than boys. And that's exactly,
1: <laughs> women emotionally mature like four years ahead of men. And with that being said, it's kind of like Maeve. Come on, come on. Why are you doing this? If anything, it's on Maeve. Why? Why are we putting this on Otis? You know. Oh,
2: come no, on. No, but we don't want to put it on the woman for like. Yeah, what? but I'm sorry. What?
1: Okay, no. No. <laughs> Women can take accountability for their actions, Amy. Maybe <laughs> a smart woman. And look, she can also fuck up as well. I feel like we should cut Otis some
2: slack. And I you think know what maybe- I wanna know. <laughs> what about Maureen and Amy? Their relationship. Or just Maureen's character development. I don't know. It struck out to me. Maybe it doesn't to you guys, but Maureen go like leaves her husband and then just flourishes. And I feel like she's like one of the most developed characters in the whole season.
0: Yeah. Mm. I liked watching her. I found it really depressing watching the dad. I thought that was such a great ex- just exploration in general of men that age when they become divorced.
1: But I think the advice that was given in in that sense. Was like realistically helpful. That's why I feel like it's important for people to watch sex education because I I feel like it does give genuine
0: good advice as well. At the end of the day, you know. Can we please discuss whatever her name is? The mum, Jean Milburn, and Jacob. I have so many thoughts.
1: See, you have thoughts because you're really attracted to Jacob.
0: This no, is a thing. No, <laughs> you are. Twisting, Am my I words, Del, <laughs> twisting my wrong, still. I'm twisting my apologise. I take it back. The it's floor a factor. Is yours. It's a factor for sure. But I think their relationship is just so frustrating. How they're yeah, it constantly is. on again, off again, and I'm like, does Jean even like him, or is she just attracted to him? Which you know can't blame her. <laughs> I think
1: she does, but I think she's so and I I think this is a very real thing that you know I've observed with older people around me is that she's comfortable. She's been comfortable in her way of living for so long and it's being able to compromise which I think can be really difficult for women who have really fought for their independence. Mm. You know? It's a good point. Yeah. And she's put a lot of effort into building a career that obviously has Given her a very comfortable lifestyle. And here is this man who's like, Hey, I'm going to live with you and build a treehouse in your yard.
0: You know? But do you, think, do you think that they would have been together if she hadn't got pregnant? No. I don't think that they would be together as soon. I think perhaps down the track for sure. It seemed like they were, go- well, they were broken up. And she put off telling him that she was pregnant for a really long time. I'm not convinced that they would have been together. What about um, Ola? I just don't really care about Ola. Got to be real.
2: Yeah, I kind of forgot everything about her plot points that I was waiting for and people that I was wanting them to fast forward through. And Ola, I was not caring.
1: Yeah, Ola and... I, like Ola. I feel like she's another voice of reason, which is why I think it's easy to really dismiss her. Same with Otis, you know? I think she really, her, her her problems are less paramount within the season. She, at the end of the day, she gives really good advice and she's a good voice of reason to the characters behind uh, around her.
0: Yeah. I also, I don't really care about her relationship with Lily and all the alien stuff. I don't really care about that. I, I, I wanted to go
1: into that because I think that was a really good explanation, like what happens with Lily about like kink shaming or like, just shaming someone for their self-expression in general, which I think happens a lot, like no matter how old you are. And we see like the complete shift in her character at the end where she just like becomes extremely depressed and just completely changes herself. And I have a feeling that that's going to be continued into the next
0: season. In terms of Ola, I thought it was quite interesting the role she sort of plays within Jean and Jacob's relationship where she has that confrontation scene with Jean basically saying, I don't like the way that you treat my dad. My dad's been through to, through enough. He doesn't need this shit from you. I kind of thought, go Ola.
2: Yeah, I felt like the whole season actually Ola was quietly going through a lot. It was a massive deal for her dad to be in another relationship and be having another baby And she was ignored by everyone, Otis, Lily, um, Jean. But the whole season, I just felt like she was giving everyone help and advice and she wasn't getting help until the very end.
0: I kind of thought as well, like to tie it into what you were saying before about, you know, it doesn't really matter if Jacob and whatever her name is, Jean, get together or don't get together. I thought her role within that was a really important way of bringing back and all the stuff with them going to couples counselling and stuff, that older relationships are actually a lot harder and there's a lot more baggage. So I sort of thought that that was interesting where she has that confrontation and says, stop mucking my dad around because there's other people that are going to be affected by this rather than just the two people in the relationship sort of looked into that whole divorce, you know, middle-aged dating thing a bit more, which I found interesting.
1: What do we think about Hope? I think
0: we need to talk about the new character on the scene. Mm. I mean, obviously it was a good character to have because it created a bit of drama in the season in terms of the school becoming more conservative and all the students having something to rally against. But I just found all of that stuff about the school, you know, getting shut down and all that sort of stuff, I just found like that was a bit forced to try and force a storyline for the Um, next season. Yeah,
1: there were definitely elements of that that felt quite unrealistic in the sense of like a chlamydia outbreak in a school making like the headline of like the local news or something and like Lily's short story. And, yeah, I definitely feel that was, that you're right, that was kind of forced as a way to engage the storyline. But I think the storylines within that were realistic and strong enough that it kind of excused, gave you a little bit of a leeway to... Just mm. to be like, okay, like we can acknowledge that that probably wouldn't happen in real life,
0: but that's yeah, fine. it sort of reminded me that it's a bit more of a sort of overly stylized show. That it is oh, yeah, sure. drama. Yeah. yeah,
2: I read a little bit about this actually, the design and the style, because they established from the beginning that it, the word that the director used was it's a comic book world. So something like Riverdale or more like Gossip Girl or Skins or something that's a drama and like completely unreal. But they, because they established that world from the beginning with the costumes and production design, it's purposefully set nowhere in particular. And it's also timeless because of the design. So anything else not being super realistic, such as the media coverage and the town getting all crazy about this school, it's already in this fantasy world anyway. I think yeah. realism is thrown out of the window from season one.
1: Yeah, I feel like that kind of those fantasy elements make space to, to explore really realistic issues. But when we think about a lot of the outcomes for the issues that are explored, unfortunately, a lot of that isn't realistic, you know? Like with regards to this season... When they had the press come in and they had everyone dress up in genital costumes and like sang fuck the pain away a cappella style <laughs> at the assembly as much as you'd love to be like wow that would be amazing if that happened in real life that just wouldn't happen so i guess a good question to ask from this point is what is the purpose if, if a lot of this stuff isn't realistic but it does explore very real issues what what do you think like the main purpose of this show really is the
0: purpose
2: of the show is the title sex education it's educating teenagers and adults as well the positives and beauty of sex and sexuality And educating us the entire time even just the little scenes where they introduce the two non-binary characters so when cal helps the other character with their binder that's literally educating the audience there's scenes like that throughout the entire show are you saying that it's creating a platform in a fantasy world to just let realistic
1: elements of sex education play out on screen to educate its viewers yeah Yeah, absolutely
2: and it's so it's so different to what we had with growing up with skins or gossip girl it just fantasized these toxic relationships and they're so problematic I've been watching some of them back in lockdown and no wonder we were all so insecure and treated our friends like shit sometimes in high school And then teenagers now will watch this sex education and be so much more aware of other people just showing positive relationships and positive perspectives on different sexes, genders, just expression, self-expression through their costume design. It's educating that new generation.
0: It's so interesting to think about what the equivalent series was when we were growing up. Skins were so fucked.
1: Yun's was fucked but at the same time it didn't feel fucked when I was younger and I remember I, I, rent, I went back and re-watched it this year because I was going to write a piece on it for uni and I tried getting through the first episode and I just couldn't. I was like, how the fuck was this put on TV? And also the amount of glorification for eating disorders, for drug use, mental health issues really just, like, fucked up things. And while I I think a lot of people appreciated Skins because it told it how it was for a lot of people, you also, I think, have to be aware of what your show's actually going to do for the general public. And I know growing up as a pretty insecure teenager with mental health issues myself, all I ever wanted to be was fucking Effie from Skins, like... Effie everyone. is so problematic, so problematic. so problematic. And if, if you didn't want to be Effie, you wanted to be Cassie. And if you didn't want to be Cassie, no one wanted to be Pandora because Pandora was the most normal out of all of them. And that's the, that's the. it sounds fucked up, but, like, that's the truth. Everyone wanted to be this really tainted, underweight, uh,
0: aesthetic
1: male. She's depressed
0: yet. and she fucks everyone. That's her whole character pretty much. Yeah, everyone wanted to be that terrible. And I think
1: what's nice about sex education is it's like I can't I can't pinpoint any of those characters. Well, I guess everyone would want to be Maeve, probably. I don't know if I was thinking from a young girl. But I think at least Maeve has morals and has a backbone. And yeah, I think she's a good role model, you know, when I think about what I want my kids to watch growing up.
0: Much prefer them watching sex education than skins, you know. I think also when we were growing up, even though I guess there was a bit more body positivity, we were growing up in like the early 2000s where all that sort of Paris Hilton, Mary Kate Nashley being stick thin, heroin chic, you know, seeing Mm. your hip bones which, you know, that same fashion is now back in now and kind of promotes the same thing. Um, I think shows like Gossip Girl and Skins were creating characters and fashion trends from what they were seeing in real life. Like if you think of all the Gossip Girl characters, they were all tall and skinny. There wasn't really, when we were growing up, I'm trying to think of characters that we saw that weren't skinny.
1: It's like subconscious marketing because at the end of the day it's like people are fascinated by people that don't actually look like them.
2: Yeah, but then you watch Sex Education and their casting is so diverse and pretty much every character shows body positivity and you can still look up to them because none of those characters in sex education, unlike Skins and Gossip Girl, are valuing themselves over their bodies. Mm. They're all valuing themselves over their hobbies and their interests and their success, whether it be a dog show or going off to America with a scholarship. But it's Mm. all positive. I feel like
1: the, the beauty of sex education is that there's options for everyone.
0: That's the thing about it is that you like all the characters for their personalities, not Mm. what they wear. Like uh, my favourite character is Amy, I think, either Amy or maybe Eric, but you like both of them because they're so funny and they're so Mm. unashamedly themselves and you see that the people around them who are their friends are friends with them because of their sense of humour or because of their big personality. And even the sort of cool kids, which are Ruby and the other two, no one really likes them and they're well, perceived as super materialistic. Yeah, and
1: they're not glorified and I like that sex education is glorifying just your everyday teenager, which is so important. <laughs> How do you feel like elements of this season relates to where we are in our lives right now?
2: I think sex education and the topics they explore are just a reflection of where society or western society is at right now. These topics just have not been showed on TV before in this respectful way. <laughs>
1: I think a nice takeaway message from watching this season now, I guess, is just like the fact that sex education never ends. Doesn't matter how old you are. You should always be trying to learn more about sex and other people's sex and what makes the world go around, really, you know. And it should be more of an open conversation. It shouldn't be so taboo. It's hard to feel like it can relate to where we are right now because we are stuck in lockdowns in cities and we can't even, like, see people, let alone have sex with
0: people. But... (laughs) Yeah, I think it's what you said. It's good to keep learning about these sort of things. We need a season where they go to university. That's another thing I always think I'm like... Are these guys graduating anytime soon? Well, imagine if they
1: just never stop making the show and we just follow them throughout their lives as they continue to have sex education outside of school. Because that's the thing. It's like sex education, shouldn't it never stops, you know?
0: Yeah, and I also think there would be so much more that they could explore in terms of when you get a bit older and you go to university and then, you know, there's more complicated dynamics that college, college and alcohol Ooh. and peer pressure and you know all that sort of stuff which becomes more of an adult yeah. issue rather than teenage issue party culture yeah Drug use. sex partying <laughs> drugs rock and roll. roll
2: alcohol how my uni life is
1: currently <laughs> yeah that's um, my life right my now husband. sex drugs and rock and roll i think that's a good point for us to to bring this to a close but um thank you for listening if you made it this far we appreciate the support if you haven't already follow us on instagram check out our website bitchfest.net with an one instead of an i and yeah we hope to see you for our next episode